It's our end of the semester check-in and a top 10 for the calendar year of 2023 with University President Dr. Patrick Leahy. I'm faculty member Matt Harmon. It's our latest episode of the Monmouth Weekly Podcast Series, episode number 50. Thanks as always for listening. Happy holidays. Fantastic day. It is the official final day of the semester uh, here in the fall of 2023, and it is our 50th episode of Mammoth Weekly. We've hit the plateau that we've been waiting for for quite some time with University President Dr. Patrick Leahy. I'm faculty member Matt Harmon. Good to be back with you, and it, timing is perfect. We hit a milestone. We're wrapping up the semester, and we hit our 50th episode, of which I didn't tell you before we hit record, this is this is big. We've got to 50. We're moving into a whole nother category starting in January next year. Is this just how you planned it, Matt? The 50th uh, episode here at the end of 2023? Well, if you think of it, we started in, in March of 2020 in COVID, and I called it Mammoth Weekly. So we should be up to like 200 and something right now. We're, we're clearly far behind. We've changed. We may to- need to. We may need a name change in the new year. Mammoth Monthly, maybe. Mammoth, Mammoth Monthly, which works too. Um, you know, a lot has happened during the course of this year. We'll have some fun on this episode, just kind of catch it up as as we usually do in our in our December um, episode here of, of our podcast. But wanted to start obviously with um, a, a beginning, which is also an end, the end of the semester um, and the beginning of of what is the holiday season. They run part and parcel to one another in a lot of ways. Um, I know you're on campus today. I was there yesterday. We'll be up today as well. Um, you can tell there's a, a little bit of a different feel. Campus is kind of emptied out. It is the last official day of finals today um, with with faculty members, staff, and students probably looking forward to a little bit of a break. It's a long semester in some ways, but goes really fast in, in another. And, and I would imagine you kind of feel the same way. Uh, I feel exactly the same way. It, it is much more quiet here on campus today. Um, I know our faculty are working feverishly at their respective places to to get the grading uh, completed on time. But um, I'm I'm just grateful that we've gotten to this point in the semester. As we talk, as we'll talk about, we we've had a great semester, a great year here at Monmouth. But um, I love the rhythm of an academic, uh, you know, cycle. You know, you get amped up. You have a great high uh, impact, high activity, fall semester. Then you get this break in the middle of the year that ramps up again uh, in the springtime. And then when people are just about exhausted, <laughs> you get this the summer break and and then you get a chance to either, you know, go to summer school and keep banging out credits or go to work or whatever. It's just a great cycle. And I feel really privileged that I get to work in this business, if you will, that that allows for that. You know, w- when you think of it for, um, for so many, the end of a calendar year, which will take place in the next, whatever it is, 11, 12 days and, and January 1st will start. And you mentioned um, the, the break from the fall semester into the winter. It's also, I would think, a time of reflection. But, you know, in the, in the academic world, you have two ends. You have the end of the semester. And then in May, we'll talk about the end of the academic year or June. The, ac- the academic year comes to a close. Um, and, and what you just said kind of 
hit me a little bit when you think of being being privileged. And I think that's something that's so important to so many. Um, you know, just yesterday, Sunday into Monday, we had a pretty major storm kind of roll through. And I'm sure people are are dealing with that depending on where they might live, not just in New Jersey, but up and down the East Coast as well. But it but it is privileged. And I um say that to a lot of students with end of semester either projects, meetings, talking about, you know, what how to finish things up, how to stay on top of things, um, but also how how lucky not just you are as president, I am as a faculty member, the students are as well. And and you and I have talked about this the last couple of years of the campus coming back to life post-COVID. And I feel like we can say that now post-COVID world and hopefully things just getting back to normal. I, I did get a sense the fall semester this year was r- really different than it has been the last couple of years. I'm not sure if you felt the same. I did. I felt the same. And um, I think, you know, it help it helps when we basically were so full here on campus we didn't have a spare bed so there were more people living among us this year than than you know in in many many years um you know there's some new leadership around campus that i think you know created some energy in different pockets of the community um and i just think as you pointed out i think people are pleased to be back to uh, what seems like a normal uh, college environment. And uh, I think it was reflected very well here at Monmouth. I mean, you know, a lot of people say to me, Matt, I'm sure you get it as well, that uh, it must be tough to be an educator today, which is with everything going on and the challenges in uh, higher ed in particular. Maybe that's true, but I, like you, I've always felt that this is an incredible privilege to serve in the capacity uh, that we serve. And um, I try not to forget that. Uh, I understand that over the course of the next few days or week, you you have a little bit of a top 10 that you've been going through that I'm sure will be unveiled um, at some point. And I, I guess I'm lucky to get a little bit of a, a scoop on it. And I don't think this is in any real particular order that we'll talk about it today, but, ev- but every calendar year, there are things that are are highlighted um, I, I won't ask you what's number one, because clearly it's doing the podcast once a month. I mean, I already know that that's we've established that. I think even the last couple of years that we've done it, that's right at the top of the list. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to throw you for a little bit of a loop with this one and I'm going to connect uh, family into it. You have always been a huge athletic um, supporter of all the teams on campus of all the teams on campus. But it, it does have to feel a little special knowing that your your oldest son has been a walk on on the men's basketball team um and, and and just see that and that was not on our list of things that we talked about but you know family is important and this time of the year highlights that and i know it's got to have a, a huge sense of pride for you number 1 to to see him give something a go and number 2 do it at the place that you also now call home yeah that would be um him making that team um, would be one of my personal top tens for the year. Um, I didn't have it on my Mammoth top ten, but it would certainly be one of my personal top tens. I mean, I think as you know, Matt, I I love basketball. Anyway, I I just I, I love the game, so I would be naturally inclined to support the basketball team here. Then you add on top of that that I really appreciate our coaching staff on the 
the men's and the women's side. Um, I really like them. They're such great colleagues. I love what they're doing with our programs. I've consequently gotten to know the basketball programs over the years. You know, I've gotten to know those players in a way that maybe I don't, you know, get a chance to get to know all the other athletes. So I, I feel that much invested in the basketball programs as it is. Then you take this to a whole nother level when um, number 10 runs out onto the court. And uh, that is my, my older, older of my two boys. So for all those reasons, I'm just a huge fan of our basketball programs. As you point out, I, I hope to be a, a huge fan of all of our athletic programs, but basketball in particular for all those, all those reasons. And not surprisingly, it, uh, the performance of our basketball programs shows up on my top 10 moments of 2023. Yeah. And, and rightfully so, um, you know, I, I, I threw that loop in there knowing that you have a couple of sports related items in, in the top 10. And again, we're not doing these in any particular order. Don't want to highlight one more than the other, but from a calendar year and, and this now being the second year of Monmouth being in uh, what was the colonial, now the Coastal Athletic Association. Um, I, I would have to think the fact, staying on the basketball side of things, the fact that the women's basketball team qualified for the NCAA tournament at the end of um, last basketball season in March of 23 has to somewhere be on your top 10. It's on the top 10. I mean, we, as you know, because you call games and you follow the program closely, um, we won the um, CAA championship down in Towson, Maryland, back in March. It was the first time our women had won the championship in 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. I'm almost at once bursting with pride and a little, a little embarrassed that it's taken us that long. So... Uh, that is clearly one of the top uh, 10 moments, in my opinion, uh, just the excitement around that uh, championship run uh, for a team that went in as the seventh seed, as I recall, into that tournament to to be able to to win four games basically in four days was was really, really special. There yeah. are a couple others, though, if I may, you know, related to basketball. There was a moment, I, I don't know if we had a chance to talk about this at a previous podcast, but there was a moment all the way fast forward to November where the same Friday night in November of this year, at the very same time, our men's team beat West Virginia, which was a, you know, it's a, that's a major, high major uh, uh, win for us on the men's side. And at the same time, the women were beating St. John's, which, you know, in basketball is a high major here on campus. So if you want to look at, you know, the two best hours <laughs> in Monmouth basketball history, you know, that's a pretty good argument uh, right there to, to win two high major games at the very same time. So I have that also on my top 10 list. And I, and I think probably one more that we could throw in there from a perspective of a, of a day. Um, and listen, it, it didn't go the way that everyone would have hoped. Mid-November, you had women's soccer, men's soccer, field hockey, all playing the same weekend um, in, the, in CAA championships, all resulted in heartache, which I know is, is the bad part of it. But again, year two, 
in a new league and you've got three teams in in the fall um all, all playing in championship games again source source of pride and probably a, a relief in a lot of ways saying okay this this was definitely the right move for us going yeah. into the CAA I mean it was amazing because I was here on campus watching the men's semifinal so I think if I as I recall Monmouth was playing Elon in the semifinal and that that match went into overtime as I recall and the men ended up winning that game but at the same time I'm watching that game in person and I have my phone tuned to the women's soccer championship game and then I have a colleague's phone tuned to the field hockey championship game all at the same time <laughs> so as you pointed out we we didn't we didn't those were very close games. I mean, we lost both of those, one in, in double overtime and the other at the, at the last minute. But uh, I always say, if you needed any evidence as to whether we belong in the uh, CAA, there it is. So um, you're right. I think two years into it, we're still, uh, you know, getting established, but uh, no questioning that uh, we belong in that league. Um, let's, let's go. Uh... A, a more recent one um, every year, short of, I guess, the, the COVID time, the gala at the Great Hall is something that's a fantastic event just taking place over the course of of the last couple of weeks. And and even though you've been you've been part of this um, since you've been president and bringing it back and making it unique um, under your administration, I will say this year was was probably a little bit different because of the 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 way that the event went raising money, but also being able to to honor people that are really important to the university. So, you know, we do this event, as you say, we've been going through a couple iterations. Um, it's always held the first Saturday in December so that we can showcase the great hall around the holidays. And, um, you know, it's a good fundraiser. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're going to clear three or $400,000 for the access fund, which allows us to provide additional resources as, as last dollar scholarships to deserving students who might not otherwise make it here in Monmouth. So, I mean, nobody can question, I hope, the the value of, of that as a fundraising event. I always say, though, Matt, I mean, you know, so we raised $300,000 net at that event. That's at an institution which uh, aims to raise $30 million dollars this year. I mean, it's baked right into my annual goals, raise $30 million to support all these capital projects and everything else that we have going. Um, so it's the way in which we use that money that's so so impactful, not not necessarily the, the total. But as you point out, it is a unique opportunity for me as well to recognize individuals for their lifetime commitment to the place. And this year, uh, we recognized Al Schiavetti. Uh, I think you you knew Al. He was a huge uh, supporter of athletics. And, uh, you know, I had the great fortune of inviting him to receive the President's Medal, which is our highest honor here at Monmouth. And uh, he graciously accepted, even though uh, he was battling an illness, he graciously accepted. And, you know, it was giving him... Uh, hope that uh, that he could fight this battle 
and then uh, be here in December. And um, unfortunately, uh, Al lost that that battle to his illness in the intervening time. But we went ahead anyway and offered it to his family in memoriam. And it was a, just a really, really special, special night for Mama. So for a variety of reasons, um, that that would make my top 10. So so let me ask you this as a follow up to that. And, and you uh, mentioned someone like Al, who's so important to the university on so many levels and that connection that he had. Um, have you been surprised in your time? as president of the university, how many people like Al there are out there that have these long-standing relationships to Monmouth? Yeah, I mean, it's in fact, one of the reasons why I petitioned the board upon my arrival to create the President's Medal. Um, you know, we had a lot of different ways in which we recognize people, including the honorary degree. You know, at an academic institution, the honorary degree is, is one of our highest honors. But I, I just felt like there was a there was a, a a recognition missing, and that was you know lifetime commitment to Mammoth, and uh, the board gave me the permission to create this presence medal in part because as I got to know the community, Matt, I started realizing how many people we have who, without their collective support over the years, we would not be. The institution that we are today that is just a fact and why not use an opportunity once a year to, to recognize those individuals and to thank them properly for for that so um there are no shortage of individuals including individuals like al actually two of our first three president's medal recipients were not alums of the university so I think that says a lot about who we are, that individuals in the community just appreciate what we're doing here, whether they were beneficiaries of our uh, education or not. Uh, but they're so committed to what we're doing here that they become uh, lifelong supporters of Monmouth. We're running through kind of our top 10 list of the calendar year of 2023. Faculty member Matt Harmon, University President, Dr. Patrick Leahy. I'll put these two together and, and give you the platform for this. I'll say rankings and ratings together as one, even though they are separate, uh, meaning the ranking of where Monmouth sits in some of the national kind of institutional rankings that exist around the country, and, and the rating meaning how good the academic classes have been of students coming in. So I would make my top 10. I mean, we, we have achieved the, by virtually across virtually every platform, the highest ranking so far to date. I say that with some trepidation as I do every year because, you know, I have my problems with uh, all of these rankings and the different methodologies they use and uh, somehow how I believe they oversimplify the complexity of educating students today. But um, I don't make the rankings. Uh, we just feel obligated to participate in them. And uh, third parties have never seen have never recognized Monmouth as a better institution than they did this year. So, I mean, that that has to make the top 10. And if that's not enough, I think what you're referring to as well is that this fall, we brought in the best class we've ever enrolled. You know, we're 90 years old this year. And this is by virtually every measure, 
And certainly if you combine measures, the finest class we've ever enrolled. Now, sometimes when alums hear me say that, they, they always say, hey, hey, what about my class? You're, you know, I get it. We've had great classes. I'm just saying that on paper, this is the best class that we've ever enrolled. Uh, both the most academically prepared class, 3.64 average incoming GPA, which is competitive with some of the, you know, some of our aspirant schools, but also 50% of the incoming class or what we call fly students. That is, they're either first-generation students or low-income students, or both. And uh, that is a tremendous commitment to access. So, you know, our strategic plan is all about integrating excellence and access, and you need to look no further than our first-year class this fall uh, as evidence of that. So that would make it as a separate top 10, you know, the best incoming class ever. Take me back to the the rankings of Monmouth. And you said um, highest that the, the school has ever had. And I know in our podcast, a, a theme for you has always been Monmouth is this hidden gem on the Jersey Shore. What makes um, some of the, the ratings, ranking systems all of a sudden recognize Monmouth where maybe in the past they hadn't? Well, I think one shift that we're seeing across all of the rankings is institutions' commitment to social mobility. You know, so that is sort of a a, a term that encompasses, you know, are you making your uh, educational proposition accessible to students? You know, what is your commitment to need-based aid, which we're committed to? Um, how diverse are your classes? Um you know, the, the and the like, you know, how accessible are you making your institution, number one? And then what are the outcomes with those students? And they they measure graduate, you know, retention and graduation rates by Pell Grant students, for example. And our our efforts in this area are are quite strong. I mean, we have work yet to do, uh, of course, but we are quite strong in those areas, Matt. So I, I hope it's the, the the combination of the things that we're doing to try to be recognized, you know, increasingly as an excellent school. But uh, you start weaving in our commitment to access and rankings start building that into their methodology. That should stand us in good stead um, for years to come. Commencement would also be one, I would think, that always makes the top 10. I think that's one we can just we can put that in pen, right? The different commencements that take place. And uh, and Monmouth does have a, a couple of them during the course of of a calendar year. Yeah, I mean, I always whenever I do these top 10 retrospectives, uh, I always uh, reserve a spot for commencement because uh, after all, that's ultimately ultimately what we're all about, right? We can talk about all the other cool stuff that happens, but in the end, we want those students that are doing amazing things to uh, ultimately march across that stage and pick up their diploma as uh, evidence of uh, a great outcome for them. So I always hold commencement uh, as uh, one of our top 10 slots. As you pointed out, we do commencement four times a year here. 
we do two in the spring. So we do an undergraduate only uh, ceremony. In fact, a, a number of them. And then we do a graduate ceremony. Then we do a summer ceremony, as you know, for all of our graduates at the end of August. And then we do a winter ceremony coming up here in January. And we commit to that because we have students that are finishing at different times during the year from bachelor's to master's and doctoral students. And we want to make sure that they have an opportunity to celebrate that achievement as close to the time they finish as possible. So even though doing four a year, you know, is, uh, you know, an administrative uh, challenge sometimes, uh, we believe it's evidence of uh, a student-centered university. I think this is the time in the within the top 10. Um, I, I, I have a list. I'm trying to check them off. I'm sure there's something that we can add at the end. But this is the time of the podcast. I think you bring Springsteen in to talk to us a little bit, right? So that we can recognize what took place a couple months I ago. always do, don't I? <laughs> we're, 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 I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for him to, to appear on the on the podcast. I thought. Well, how about that? That, that episode, would be good for our uh, that would be good for our following, wouldn't it? Yeah, fiftieth episode, end of the calendar year. I thought you were you were going to pull a su surprise out, uh, but but clearly the the Center for American Music and the Springsteen Archives that was a highlight um, in in this semester, but overall in the in the academic year, uh, the calendar year, I should say, of twenty twenty three. I mean, if I have room on my top ten, I've I've lost track of how many spots we've used up, but if I had room, I would put two. Springsteen top tens. The first was way back in April when we inaugurated our American Music Honors event. It's our annual fundraiser for the Springsteen Center. But instead of doing yet another uh, gala, if you will, we decided to do basically a music awards show with Bruce Springsteen's endorsement. He thought it was a great idea that, that uh, he would be able to identify individuals who were you know, either either quite influential to him or underappreciated or already appreciated, but just, you know, you can't celebrate him enough. And uh, we inaugurated that event in April. And by all accounts, it was a home run. It, it raised a ton of money. It brought people to campus who had never been exposed to Monmouth University, and they were blown away by it it was a, a great event which is going to become a, a, a you know an annual event and i'm not at liberty to share with you yet but i promise you in january we will share with you the honorees for this april's event and let me just say this you will recognize the artists how about that um and then the other is the biggest announcement of the entire year, which happened in October when we announced publicly that we would, in fact, be building a permanent home for the Bruce Springsteen Archives and Center for American Music right here on the edge of campus in Long Branch, a $45 million investment in the arts and, and arts education, um, which will be 100% funded by uh, the gener through the generosity of uh, donors, most of whom, in fact, almost all of whom, Matt, are new donors to Monmouth. So this is like such a huge asset that comes to, to Monmouth and allows us to 
enhance everything that we do around the arts here and to shine a spotlight on who we are and to do it, um, you know, with the support of third parties. So it's not a, you know, it's not a, 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 a an investment that Monmouth University needs to make is a, is a, just a home run of, I hope ultimately epic proportions. You often mention the strategic plan and the future for Monmouth. Uh, and, and I would have to think that something like this amongst many is a way for Monmouth to become a little bit larger of a name from an academic profile. Um, you know, you, you could say in New Jersey, expand that to the Northeast, expand that to the East Coast, and then expand that West as far as you can take it, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea of some of these projects. Well, this project in particular, remember when Bruce Springsteen committed uh, Monmouth as the steward of his of his archives, he said he would basically do it on one condition, and that is that we tell a much broader, bigger story of American music in which he considers himself an important chapter, but only a chapter, you know, in a much bigger story. So that's where this took on much bigger aspirations. And I credit, you know, Bruce Springsteen for, for leading us in that direction. When this is built, Matt, this will take its rightful place among some of the top cultural music-oriented assets in the country. I mean, you know, right below the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm not going to argue we're going to compete with that, but right below the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, in Cleveland. And people will come from all over to check out the Center for American Music. And when they do, they will get introduced to Monmouth. You can't help but be uh, impressed by what you see in at, at Monmouth and, you know, at the, the northern part of the Jersey Shore here. It's going to do um, wonders, in my opinion, for raising our profile as a university. And uh, that's one of the reasons I'm so gung-ho about it. I mean, I, I really like Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I, I, I love Bruce Springsteen. But I'm an advocate for this project because of what it can do for Monmouth University period. <laughs> I mean, that that that's why I'm as gung-ho about it. What can this do to elevate Monmouth University? That's what I'm after. I don't know if we hit 10, but we're, we're, we're pretty close. <laughs> Did I miss anything that you really wanted to make sure we covered? Just the one. Um, we This happened earlier in the year, so maybe people are starting to forget about it already, but um, I was really proud that early the early quarter or so of the year, I was able to announce that uh, we had secured the largest gift in the history of the university by a factor of four. By, by most estimates, the largest single gift we'd ever gotten prior to this year was $5 million, which is real money in and of itself. But when I was able to announce a $21 million commitment, cash commitment paid over just the next couple of years. I mean, this isn't a, a structured, a state provision. This is a cash commitment paid over the next couple of years, $21 million, four times our largest uh, single gift ever, dedicated to our strategic plan to integrate excellence and access by 
creating scholarships so that high achieving students, 3.75 or above, who have high financial need can come to Monmouth instead of going to, I don't know, Princeton or something. You know what I mean? Um, honest to God, those are the kind of students that we feel that we can now bring to Monmouth. Uh, now they come here virtually free of charge versus paying full price at Princeton. So I'm going to be fair there. But, you know, that's the idea is to bring these kind of high achieving students uh, who might not otherwise have an opportunity to come to Monmouth, bring them here to Monmouth, all, all of that. And from a donor who wishes to remain anonymous, it's the greatest show of philanthropy I've ever seen in my career. And um, was really proud to be the president at the time um, that I could announce that. So Seems that be, would be the other top 10 for 2023. Seems to be a pretty perfect way to lead into the, the last part of the podcast. Um, the anonymous donor, it, it ties right in with holiday time and giving and being thankful and appreciative and grateful and every, every word that you can kind of throw in there. Um, so I, I, I hearken back to the other December episodes we've done and I'll, I'll always close this with, I, I hope all four kids will be under the roof, at least at, at one point, whether it's your roof on campus and everyone's coming back to Jersey or everyone's hopping in a plane. Cause I know you got, you got kids kind of scattered now at this point. They're all coming here. So um, we're all going to be together. Thank God. And uh, we'll be here uh, on campus, keeping an eye on things um, from our, from our house here on campus. It's the greatest thing about the holidays, especially as my kids get older. And as you point out, they start getting dispersed, you know, around the country as they chase their, you know, their individual dreams. It is, um, makes it all, all the more special for Amy and me to have have them home again, even though it creates some confusion. <laughs> it's great to have them home again. So um, that's our plan. And we don't have a lot of fancy plans. We're going to watch basketball, uh, uh, both here at Monmouth. We're going to watch our youngest son play. Uh, he plays uh, on his high school team. And uh, we're just going to uh, enjoy being together. And, and I hope... You're going to say the same about uh, the Harmon family as well. Yep, everybody under uh, one roof, and um, we'll be we'll probably be taking it easy as well. It's a, a great time to just kind of reconnect. Um, and I'll I'll say see you next year, but I'll probably see you on Thursday at the basketball game. You will, you will. Well, appreciate you coming on and 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 running through uh, some of the highlights of the calendar year here at Monmouth, and and as always, as we close the 50th episode. I, I, I wholeheartedly enjoy uh, these conversations we do now once a month and just keeping everybody up to date with what's going on on campus and a way to kind of reach the Monmouth community. Um, for you and your family, I wish you a happy holiday. And, and as we roll into the new year, the, the start of a great 2024. Yeah, same to you and your family, Matt. And uh, I look forward to, to uh, our Monmouth monthly episodes maybe in january of 2024 <laughs> sounds good we can always negotiate the name change we can always negotiate the name change for university president dr patrick Leahy, faculty member matt Harmon, wishing all of our listeners and the monmouth community hey a happy holiday season and a great end to 2023 and a start to 2024 
We'll see you on the flip side as we say goodbye for episode number 50 of Mammoth Weekly. Mm-hmm.